welcome to Accented Women, a show by and about women from diverse cultures and languages right across the world. I'm Giselle Hanna. On the 3rd of July this year, Philippine President Rodrigo Duterte signed the Republic Act 11479, known as the Anti-Terrorism Act of 2020, into law. The law grants sweeping police state powers, including the authorization of warrantless wiretapping and surveillance and warrantless arrest for up to 24 days of anyone accused by a presidentially appointed commission of terrorism. The Anti-Terrorism Act replaces the Human Security Law of 2007, which was signed by the administration of President Gloria Arroyo. The 2007 law authorised warrantless arrests on charges of terrorism for up to three days, but obligated the state agency responsible for the arrest to pay legal compensation of up to 500,000 pesos, which is approximately 10,000 US dollars, to pay that amount per day to the detainee in the event that a court deems that they were wrongfully arrested. The Philippine military and police have long been clamouring for the lifting of these restrictions and for an expansion of their unrestricted powers to arrest and to surveil the population, unimpeded by the requirements for evidence or formal charges. It looks like they got their way with this law. Naturally, union and human rights groups have been opposing the introduction of this law and now are calling for its repeal. Among them, the Philippines-Australia Solidarity Association, or PASA. PASA promotes peace, justice and human rights, focusing on issues in the Philippines and Australia. And on today's show, we are joined by May Katsakis, that organisation's co-chairperson. I'm May Katsakis, the co-chairperson of Philippines-Australia Solidarity Association. Uh, Good morning, everyone. In the last month, Duterte um, rammed through uh, anti-terror legislation in the Philippines. We know this is a very serious issue. We know Duterte is um, proto-fascist almost in the Philippines um, with the war on drugs and the um, situation under COVID. What do you you say these anti-terror laws mean? You are are right. Uh, This is a draconian law because the Philippines already has a Human Security Act. And that is already, a um, Human Security Act is already uh, very difficult for activists. With the Anti-Terror Act, it has become act when Duterte signed it on July 3. It is actually very, because uh, it, it is actually uh, anti, anti-people, anti-activists, because it, the, 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 the definition of terrorism is very vague. You know, so it criminalizes uh, freedom of speech. It criminalizes uh, freedom of association, protest, even peaceful protest, and and not only it criminalizes those acts, even the intent, even just the intent. Uh, you have an intention to rally. You have an intention to protest, and, and even posting on the um, on the Facebook to criticize the government. It criminalizes that. And uh, the difficulty of this as well is uh, uh, Duterte uh, created an anti-terror council, anti-terrorism council. And this council is composed of um, 
head of cabinets and um, ex-military, like uh, ex-general, uh, general in the military, and they are serving already under the president in the president's uh, sort of decision, in the president's will. So this anti-terror council, they can actually prescribe or, or actually determine a certain organization, a certain group or individual as terrorists even though without the hearing in the Supreme Court, oh, without, without the, the, the court of law, without any, because prescription of us as terrorism, it is being processed in the court of law. But these people, this uh, council can actually prescribe anyone, can, you know, can determine or can say that that group is a, is a, is a terrorist. And even before the Anti-Terrorism Act was actually uh, approved, there has already been lots of red tagging in the Philippines, you know, red tagging um, civil society organization, red tagging uh, individuals, calling them as terrorists or supporters of terrorists. So, and, and, and they are, before, before an activist actually is uh, um, 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 abducted or killed or uh, jailed, you know, they they were already subjected, they were first subjected to red tagging as if giving the police or the military a sort of an, a license to you can attack this person because he's a terrorist or this organization because they are terrorists. And so the, there are plenty of provisions there, including the um, warrantless arrest. So anyone can be arrested and be detained for 24 hours without any warrant without any charge. And apparently that can still be extended to more days, you know? So this is actually a, a, a very dangerous one and it contravenes actually the 1987 um, constitution, which that constitution was actually uh, written or the constitution was amended after the Marcos dictatorship, you know, when Marcos was deposed in 1986. 1987 constitution was uh, was written and that was a one uh you know of, by the people because of the danger under the martial law this apparently this anti-terror act is much much more dangerous than that um that constitution this law has extraterritorial extraterritorial um power so even if the like me i am in australia the, the Philippines can still, uh, I am still affected by the, this anti-terror act. So if I do anything like uh, against the, the Philippine government, uh, criticized, then I can still be affected. So that, that is one of the danger of this. Yeah, so I, I mean, that is quite possibly the answer to my next question, because what I was going to ask you was, given Dutetra already has laws by which he can address any potential terrorism, why does he need this one? And not only that, he also has states of emergency that are currently in place in the Philippines. He has the cyber libel um, uh, legislation that we know um, uh, Maria is currently facing charges under and we had her on the show a couple of weeks ago um, and we also know that this law can pick up anything on Facebook and other forms of social media so 
is it this extraterritorial power that is the key difference that this law uh, gives Duterte that he doesn't have um, at the, prior to the 3rd of July? Um, actually, um, before the 3rd of July, uh, there was a, um, an office overseas Filipino in Taiwan. And apparently she posted a criticism to the Duterte response to the COVID-19, you know, the, the militarized uh, response. And um, the Philippine government demanded that that, that uh, Filipino be deported from, from Taiwan because of the criticism that uh, she posted. And there has been already several, several uh, actually that was, uh, that is engaged or arrested because of their posting in the, in the, Facebook. That is even before that uh, anti-terror act was, uh, you know, was aside, was uh, made into law. How much more now? That 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 is already a law. So that is actually very uh, dangerous for for us and for especially for those in the Philippines. And our us also worry is how, because we know that the Australian government is supporting the Philippine government even militarily. So. Will will the Australian government actually sort of like if we do a criticism to the Philippine government and uh, the Turkey will um, request the Australian government to help you know like arrest us or deport us? Will Australian government actually do that? We are not sure because right now the ASU bill is also being amended, isn't it? There is also a proposed amendment to ASU bill. And it is being. You know, I am not hundred percent sure of all the amendments, but it is also very dangerous. So that is one of our worries. So that that we want to still, you know, um, explore on that whether that's a possibility that if the the Duterte government will ask the Australian government, you know, to do something about like us criticizing, even though we are already Australian citizen, or dual citizen. So does he have? The, that power or the does the Australian government going to support that anti-terror act? Because I know that Australian government is supporting the Philippine government militarily, you know. So it is extraordinary um, the uh, the amount of power Duterte is um, uh, amassing to himself. When when is the uh, next election scheduled in the Philippines and do you think it's likely that such an election will actually take place or is this um, similar to the period of Marcos a direct attempt at reintroducing dictatorship in the Philippines? It's actually a lot of people are saying that uh, the next election is uh, May 2022 and um, there, is a, there is a lot of you know of worry about that that even if the 30 because uh, in the Philippines they cannot rerun six term six year term and there is no re-election so what Duterte is trying to do is putting his his daughter to to sort of to follow his footsteps you know and with with the power that he has now and with the support that he has in the because he has uh, he has uh, solidified the his um his cabinet and his government, all opposition he tried to ease out, isn't it? Uh, even the vice president now, he is trying to discredit her, you know, so that if something happened to her, to him, she couldn't, uh, you know, she couldn't uh, take the role of being a president. So they tried really to discredit her. Yeah. So that is a, a worry um, in the next election if he is 
he is trying now to pass or to uh, there is there was that proposal of the charter change, the charter change or the change in the constitution to change the term of government, and he is trying to push that through before his uh, term ends. The charter change. We so, have I been. Mean, it was already. Um, it was uh, already proposed, and we sort of. There is a very strong opposition to that. And now there is also a very big coalition, a strong opposition to this anti-terror act. This actually unites all the you know progressive organizations in the Philippines of different uh, political persuasion. They are all united against this anti-terror act. And on community radio stations right across Australia, you're listening to Accent of Women. I'm speaking with May Katsakis, the co-chairperson of the Philippines-Australia Solidarity Association. We're talking about the introduction of the Anti-Terrorism Act in the Philippines, which significantly impinges upon human rights and has extraterritorial effect. But I, I have to ask, um, in a similar way that um, movement is restricted restricted in Australia as a result of COVID, and movement is restricted in many parts of the world as a result of COVID, governments right across the world are using um, states of emergency powers to suppress protests. Um, and, you know, if we look at the Philippines, a population of about 106 million people and in, uh, uh, the number of people affected by COVID is something like 85,000 people, right? Significant um, outbreak of COVID in that country. How, how is it that there is any way for civil society and these left-wing progressive organisations that you talked about, how can people take action against um, the, uh, the, the new anti-terror laws and, and all of the repressive activities of the Philippine government? How are people organising in the Philippines? Actually, that 80,000 is much, much more because there is no mass testing in the Philippines. There is no free testing. If you want to, if you need to be tested, you have to pay from 2,000 to 10,000 pesos. So that, now, um, I don't think the people are cowed with this anti-terror act. We just had a, uh, we just had a, a big mobilization uh, on July 20, when was that? July 27 on Monday. People were uh, protesting. They were, of course, they were practicing the social distancing, but they were protesting in different parts of the Philippines. So the the people they won't stop, even with the Anti Terror Act. So if 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 everybody who is protesting will be put to jail, then they will be put all to jail because they won't stop. I think, and um, they will just defy. You know, the law. I know there there, there is a danger of uh, uh, of. Um, uh, what do you call that violence? But uh, uh, the uh, the progressive group in the Philippines are very disciplined in, in that uh, you know in that uh, sense. They protest uh, peacefully. They are not uh, creating violence. Um, if there is any violence, it will be infiltrator. It will be created by other people, but not by the progressive groups there in the Philippines. So, so there is no stopping to protest against this. And at the moment, there are so many petitions already that is. Uh, filed in the Supreme Court protesting against the Anti-Terror Act. It's not only by the progressive organization, including political, uh, you know, political figures that they, and, and, and lawyers, 
and now churches are speaking out. The Catholic Church is speaking out. And um, even if there are already several priests who have been killed under the 30, but they are speaking out. And normally the Catholic Church is a bit, you know, not white, but now it's a Catholic Bishop Conference. The head of that is uh, uh, has sent a pastoral letter to the Filipinos, and he is advising not to be quiet. So, so do not be do not be silenced. We have you have to speak up. You know? So he, he actually he actually read a a uh, passage in the Bible about it. You know, so so you know, and, and and the influence of the church is very big in the Philippines, especially the Catholic Church. The influence is very big. So if it's if they are speaking out, that is really the sign that this law that something really is very very bad in the Philippines, you know, when, when they do. So I think they won't they they won't stop, and we won't stop as well here in sporting uh, all around the 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 world, every every place where there are Filipinos, I think there will be protests against this. If we don't have any restriction here, we'll be protesting <laughs> against the terror law. I just want to share about the visit here of the task force that was created by Duterte. He created a task force um, and who came here in February 4 and uh, gave presentation in Sydney, Canberra, and Melbourne. And the presentation is nothing about peace because they said that they're going to give presentation about the peace initiative of the government. It has nothing about peace, but it is actually about vilifying, attacking, uh, the, like migranting Gabriela, Anakbayan, and also several Australians who are supporting us. So, yeah, yeah that's all. But um, at the moment, uh, we are also being guided by what sort of action, what is happening in the Philippines, that, you know, with that anti-terror act, like with the, with the uh, petitions that is already filed in, in the Supreme Court. And of course, we, we don't stop to raise, like uh, PASA has already written a statement. We don't stop to raise, uh, you know, our voices here. And unfortunately, we cannot do any physical activity. Um, at this stage, we had a petition. We had a petition before it was actually signed by the 30. I am not quite sure now if that petition is ongoing now that it is already signed because that we have to change the petition to repeal it, not you know, not to because our petition before is for the 30 not to sign it, but now it is to repeal it because it is already an, a law. It's already an act. So so. So um, in the in the coming days we'll probably have another you know but but we always have actions like Zoom you know we always have online action online you know online we we had an online uh, in the Asia Pacific last uh, July twenty six we have an online um, Zoom which uh, protesting against the the anti terror we can still protest through through online. Although we are separated, you know, actually we have more protests now <laughs> than than before. But and we can do a protest globally, but via via Zoom or uh, Facebook Live, you know, we have a very um, you know call to the Australian government that we are really appealing the Australian government to stop the military support to the Philippine government because that military support is enabling the Philippine government to continue 
it's her attacks on uh, you know on, on on people continue the human rights violation so that is our appeal to the australian government and we will continue to to campaign on that actually we had a plan if there was no restriction we had a plan to go to canberra to have a you know to have a, a caravan there or to to go there from different parts of australia and meet there and uh, protest to stop the military support well, May, thank you so much for your time on the program today. Was there anything you wanted to add? Well, I just want to thank you, Giselle, uh, for giving us the chance, you know, giving us a chance to raise our voice and especially the, the, the role of, of the overseas Filipinos now or, and the support from outside the Philippines is very important at this time, you know because the Filipinos are actually being silenced. And there are lots of people actually in the Philippines that are frightened. So there's no question about that. So, but, so, so this is the time that we are really needed, everyone from outside the Philippines to, to actually support them. Thank you so much, Giselle. That was May Katsakis, the chairperson of the Philippines-Australia Solidarity Association. We were talking about the introduction of the Anti-Terrorism Act in the Philippines, which significantly impinges upon human rights and has extraterritorial effect. If you're interested in getting involved with a campaign to repeal this law in the Philippines, you can look up the Philippines-Australia Solidarity Association on Facebook and connect with the campaign that way. And that brings us to the end of today's program of Accent of Women. This week's program was produced in my study at home with the incredible support of 3CR's staff. I want to extend a very big thank you to them for ensuring that this program is still able to be heard right across the country. Of course, I am broadcasting from Melbourne, Victoria, which has just entered stage four lockdowns. So a shout out to all of my friends and comrades that are really experiencing the pinch of lockdown here in Victoria. Accent of Women receives financial assistance from the Community Broadcasting Foundation. The show is distributed nationally via the Community Radio Network with special thanks to the Community Broadcasting Association of Australia. Accent of Women's theme music was written and composed by George Congeri. If you want to get in touch with the producers of the show, you can write to us at accentofwomen at gmail.com. You can also follow us on Twitter or like our page on Facebook. If you want to hear this show again or any of our previous programs, you can download the podcast from 3CR's website. That's 3cr.org.au. Go to the Accent of Women page and follow the links to this week's show. Thanks for tuning in. I'm Giselle Hanna and I look forward to your company again next week. Music